Yes, welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio out here at Optus Stadium. We're sitting in the nice, cool, air-conditioned studio. It looks like it's going to be a lot hotter outside. If you want to join in the show, remember you can text in on the text line on 0487 736 736 or call us on the open line, the Bower and O'Day open line on 13 12 55, Bower and O'Day, because the little things are everything. Well, we're in the run-in to the first inter-club practice match between West Coast and Fremantle. It's going to take place on Saturday at Mineral Resources Park. Eliza Riley covers the Fremantle Dockers for Code Sports. She would have been at the match simulation last week when things got a bit heated, before the weather got a bit heated over the weekend. Eliza, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dolphin. Yeah, you know, Fremantle's in-house preparations are certainly complete, but it was far from a friendly last Friday <laughs> um, when they did this inter-club scratch match against each other. So tell us about what happened. Who, who tangled with who at the scratch match? Oh, it was pretty much like all over the ground. There was little spot fires breaking out. Um, the, the first one was sort of Caleb Sarong going head to head with uh, Hayden Young, who you know are both going to play in the midfield this year, and they did match up on each other for a large part of the sort of um, game to test each other in that midfield role. And they sort of were throwing a few jumper punches at each other before Sarong struck Hayden a bit high and um, drew a free kick in a 50-metre penalty and then remonstrated with Jordan Clark, who sprinted across from the wing to, to rip into Sarong after that. We had Nat Fife and Andrew Brayshaw get into a bit of a verbal altercation um, when Brayshaw felt he should have got a free kick for being hit a bit high. There was apologies later, but it was certainly um, a few expletives thrown around there. You had Matt Tabernacle and Jordan Clark sort of wrestling behind the ball, and then Sean Darcy threw a big um, Ruckman's elbow back at Bailey Banfield as he was sort of pushing off the mark with the ball. So there was little spot fires everywhere, and you wonder whether it was a directive from the coaches or whether the players sort of took it upon themselves to, to up the intensity so close to round one. Might just be indicative that there's a fair bit of comp- competition for spots, particularly in and around the midfield, Eliza. It's going to be pretty hard to get a Guernsey in there. From what you've seen over the summer so far, who gets in and who misses out, do you think? Yeah, it's going to be probably the most intriguing selection question the Dockers face leading into round one because, as you mentioned, there's so many guys competing for spots in there. I think the probably starting midfield we're, we're likely to see um, at the first centre bounce is going to be Andrew Brayshaw, of course, is Doig medalist, AFLPA MVP from two years ago, Caleb Sarong, the reigning Doig medalist, and Hayden Young. I think that's probably going to be um, the preferred mix come round one of the season. With Nat Fife coming off the bench, um, likely to be, you know, sort of coming into the rotation whenever the Dockers see fit, given the pre-season he's had now that he's fit and healthy and been injected back into that midfield in, in a full-time capacity. Then you've got guys like, you know, Jay Gomira, Matthew Johnson, Neil Erasmus, all fighting as well to, to get into that midfield. Will Brody, we know how excellent he was two seasons ago, but he seems like someone who... It's going to take an injury for him to find his spot back in the team. Whereas Matthew Johnson and Neil Erasmus, who I mentioned just before, the two sort of young up-and-coming stars, they're going to have to be versatile um, to find their way into this team. And I think Johnson ticks that box. We've seen him play a lot on the wing 
during that simulation in the past few weeks. So expect him to sort of line up on the wing and rotate through the inside midfield. Whereas Erasmus can sort of play forward as well um, and, of course, kick four goals to Subiaco in that famous Colts grand final a few years ago. So they're going to have to um, adapt and be versatile to find their place in this team. But I still think Johnson, from what we've seen, is probably slightly ahead of Erasmus at this stage. Is there any danger that someone like Jager O'Meara misses out altogether or do you think they find another use for him? I think there certainly is that danger, but how um, you know prevalent it is and what the Dockers coaching staff are thinking is going to be a big question they have to answer this weekend against West Coast. Um, Jager is someone who has played a bit forward in the past in his career and did it certainly towards the back end of his time at Hawthorne. So he can go forward and he does actually possess a lethal um set shot. He's pretty darn accurate when he gets the chance to, to have a kick goal. And we did see him play on the wing a bit on the weekend as well. Um, but you just wonder, with so many of these guys that we've been mentioning, their, their best role, their best position is inside midfield. How many of the Dockers can feasibly fit into the team whilst maintaining balance across all um, three lines? So the probably major injury concern heading into round one is going to be whether Brennan Cox is ready to play um, with his um, calf injury. What's your mail on his progress from that? Yeah, so Brennan, um, he hasn't played in any of the interclubs in the past couple of weeks since they sort of identified that, that stress reaction in his lower leg. Um, he was certainly out there on the weekend supporting his teammates and going into the huddles. Um, the Dockers say he's still on track for round one at this stage but you know you can be on track for round one and sort of miss out on these crucial uh, practice match minutes which can sort of curtail your process a bit and cause you to lose a bit of match fitness so probably the Dockers would prefer to err on the side of caution if he is going to be a bit underdone going into round one but the good thing is now they do have a bit of depth down there they have Oscar McDonald who course a seasoned AFL player who can come in and um, fill that void if Brennan is um, doesn't make it in time for round one and then also the younger guys and sort of Hugh Davies and Josh Draper um, who have looked you know shown glimpses um, across this preseason. Who would you favour to be the second tall defender if Brennan Cox isn't available? I think it's still Oscar McDonald at this stage. Um, I mean, on the weekend, he he teamed up with Alex Pierce in that um, white team forward line, and they were given the rather daunting task of taking on Jaya Miss and Josh Tracy, who kicked um, seven goals, no, eight goals between them on the weekend. Uh, So it was a pretty lethal forward line, and even though, you know, they were sort of their direct opponents rotating between the two of them, it was hard to sort of put direct blame on either of them for the the goals that those guys did sort of get on the board. So I think there's still Oscar McDonald's probably getting the nod if it does come to that, um, just given his experience and his bigger frame. Now, a young bloke that's captured the imagination of a few down there in the match simulation is Cooper Simpson. Tell us about him. And is he a realistic chance to play early in the season, do you think? Oh, well, we're calling him Super Cooper. That's the nickname we've decided to give him based on some of the efforts he's um, produced this preseason so far. He just, you know, there's young guys who sort of come in um, to AFL teams and 
need a bit of time to discover that positioning and adapting to the pace of AFL football, whereas he has not looked out of place. He's got this incredible game sense, um, which, you know, is sort of uh, akin to what we saw him do at underage level as that big Metro MVP in his top age year. Uh, He's always knows where to be. He's always there at the right time. Um, We know he did play mostly as a midfielder at the National Carnivals and for Vic Metro, um, but he has been playing sort of off half forward for Fremantle and going into the midfield in bursts as well. So he's certainly one who's put his name firmly in contention um, for that vacated role that Lockie Schultz has left behind, especially given Sam Swakowski seems to have appeared uh, to suffer another little Nick in his hamstring in recent weeks and maybe racing the clock a little bit to be there for round one. So the um, small forward role is something he's shown he's very capable of playing and he's a one-touch footballer. He doesn't fumble. He's looked excellent so far and would not be surprised at all to see him there very early in the season. Tell us about Patrick Voss and what you've noted about him. And obviously we think, I guess, before the start of the summer, that the forward line structure would be Jai Amis, Luke Jackson as the forward ruck, and Josh Tracy as the third tall forward, with Matt Tabner able to put pressure on Tracy perhaps if he plays well enough. Is Patrick Voss a threat to that based on what you've seen over the preseason? Yeah, Pat Voss is obviously a great story um, to, you know, suffer that disappointment of being delisted by Essendon and. You know, a few people sort of um, not quite comfortable perhaps with that decision to, to let a young key forward go, knowing they do sometimes take a bit more time than necessary. But he's been excellent since he came across to the Dockers. Um, you know, the weekend before last in match simulation, he kicked 4 3, um, which is a remarkable result against, you know, going head to head with sort of Luke Ryan and some of the other key defenders on that list for Fremantle. And the thing that sort of um, stood out for him is his physicality. He's just so hard around the ball and sort of in that Tracy mould a little bit um, where he throws himself into packs and um, has actually worked really hard on his aerial game as well and taking those contested marks when they're on offer. So he was certainly um, probably the standout of the train-ons over summer and has been rewarded for that with a list spot at the Dockers. Um as for where he sits in round one, I still probably think that the Dockers um, would prefer to stick with that sort of three-tall structure because you risk being a bit too cumbersome if you add any more into that. But based on what we've seen from him, he is someone who could certainly put pressure on as the season progresses. And there are a few areas of his game he does sort of need to clean up to be considered for that AFL chance, but he looks like someone who will go down to Peel Thunder to start the season and probably be one of their best players um, early on in the season. And when you're, when you're doing that, and, you know, it's sort of what we saw from Josh Tracy a few years ago where he's sort of that level above the waffle, then you're going to be putting your name in lights and it's going to be very hard to overlook you. So Lockie Schultz is gone. He was probably their best pressure forward. Who has taken it upon themselves from what you have seen uh, to to fill that gap? I think it's um, going to be a group effort up forward, but the ones who certainly appear to have um, added that or enhanced that in their game is the likes of Michael Frederick and, you know, Sonny Walters, who's been doing it for years, but, you know, he's certainly taken it upon himself in that leadership role to 
to step it up a notch. He's, you know, coming closer to the end of his career than the start, but Sonny is still that vocal leadership presence um, all around the ground and especially up forward. He laid a few really strong tackles on the weekend. And then Michael Frederick sort of in the same boat. We know he's got speed, but he hasn't necessarily used that um, to chase down tackle in the past. But he's someone on the weekend who didn't get a lot of the football, but some of his pressure acts were really, um, you know, sort of elite in that sense and a few strong run-down tackles. And Tom Emmett as well is one to throw into the mix. We know he plays a fairly similar style of football um, to Lucky Schultz in the sort of intensity and physicality and the way he goes about it. So certainly those three um, are sort of the ones putting their hands up so far. Eliza, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, obviously, we've got a game coming up between West Coast and Fremantle this weekend. We'll probably get a better gauge as to how they're shaping up for round one and what their best teams are likely to be. Thanks, Steph. Eliza Riley, you can read her stuff on Code Sport. She's a great young sports writer, and uh, uh, she will be covering Fremantle. Uh, that is her beat in the AFL for much of this season. If you're a Perth Wildcats fan, before we take the brace, break for Australia's biggest and best range of Wildcats merchandise, you can visit catsgear.com.au. This is Mornings with Mark Duffield on SENWA. We'll be back after some news.